Okay, so this is um, Foundations of uh, Accounting, uh, Chapter 4, Adjustments, Financial Statements, and Financial Results. All right, your learning objectives. Learning objective 4.1, explain why adjustments are needed. Learning objective 4.2, prepare adjustments needed at the end of the period. Learning objective 4.3, prepare an adjusted trial balance. Learning objective 4.4, prepare financial statements. Learning objective 4.5, explain the closing process. Learning objective 4.6, explain how adjustments affect financial results. Focus Company, Noodle Cake Studios Incorporated. In Chapter 3, you saw that Noodle Cake sold a lot of apps and games during the first month of operations, more than Jordan, the company's co-founder, had expected. Jordan was curious to know how the business performed, so he computed net income based on the company's unadjusted balances. When he saw that $12,000 of revenue had led to a net income of $3,100, a net profit margin of 25.8%, Jordan was excited. Jordan's CPA, Lori, cautioned him that because he had been using unadjusted amounts in his computations, the results should be considered preliminary. She emphasized that under accrual accounting, adjustments need to be made at the end of the accounting period to, number one, update amounts already recorded in the accounting records, and number two, include events that had occurred but not yet been recorded. These adjustments ensure that the recognition of revenues and expenses occurs in the proper period and assets and liabilities are reported at appropriate time amounts. In the first section of this chapter, we'll help you to understand why adjustments are a necessary part of accrual basis accounting. In the second part of the chapter, we'll show you how to determine what adjustments are needed and how they are recorded and summarized in the accounting system. The second section concludes with the final steps involved in the accounting cycle. In the third part of this chapter, you will learn the importance of adjustments for financial statement users, and as always, the final section provides lots of opportunities for you to review and work with the material presented in this chapter. That was then. In the previous chapter, you learned how to analyze, record, and summarize the effects of operating transactions on balance sheet and income statement accounts. This is now. This chapter concludes the accounting cycle by focusing on adjustments, financial statement preparation, and the closing process. Organization of the chapter. Understand the business. Bullet point. Why adjustments are needed. Study the accounting methods. Bullet point. Making required adjustments. Bullet point, preparing an adjusted trial balance and the financial statements. Bullet point, closing temporary accounts. Evaluate the results. Bullet point, adjusted financial statements. Review the chapter. <clears throat> Bullet point, demonstration case. Bullet point, chapter summary. Bullet point, key terms. Bullet point, homework helper. Bullet point, practice material. Next section. Understand the business. Why adjustments are needed. Learning objective 4.1. Explain why adjustments are needed. Accounting systems record most recurring daily transactions, particularly any involving cash. As cash is received or paid, it is recorded in the accounting system. This focus on cash works well, especially when cash receipts and payments occur in the same period as the activities that led to revenues and expenses. However, as you learned in Chapter 3, cash is not always received in the period the company fulfills its promises to customers and thereby generates revenue. Likewise, cash is not always paid in the period the company incurs the related expense. In these situations, adjustments 
are made to the accounting records at the end of the period to ensure assets and liabilities are reported at appropriate times. These adjustments also ensure the related revenues and expenses are reported in the proper period as required by the revenue and expense recognition principles. So adjustments are entries necessary at the end of each accounting period to report revenues and expenses in the proper period and assets and liabilities at the appropriate amounts, also called adjusting journal entries. <coughs> adjustments involve both income statement and balance sheet accounts. They are needed to ensure bullet point revenues are recorded when at or as the seller fulfills its performance obligation to the customer, the revenue recognition principle. Bullet point expenses are recorded in the same period as the revenues to which they relate, uh, the expense recognition or matching principle. Bullet point assets are reported at amounts representing economic benefits that remain at the end of the current period. Bullet point liabilities are reported at amounts owed at the end of the current period that will require a future sacrifice of resources. Companies wait until the end of the accounting period to adjust their accounts because daily adjustments would be time-consuming and costly. In practice, almost every financial statement account could require adjustment. Rather than memorize endless examples, instead focus on learning the nature of adjustments and the process for determining them. In general, adjustments can be grouped into two categories. Number one, deferrals and Number two, accruals. Number one, deferral adjustments. The word defer means to postpone until later. In accounting, we say an expense or revenue has been deferred if we have postponed reporting it on the income statement until a later period. As you saw in chapter three, when Noodle Cake pays its rent in advance, the expense is initially deferred as an asset on the balance sheet in an account called prepaid rent. The adjustment part comes later at the end of the month when one month of the prepaid rent benefits has been used up. The deferral adjustment involves reducing prepaid rent on the balance sheet and increasing rent expense on the income statement. Deferral adjustments also can involve revenues. For example, when GQ receives cash for subscription service before it has delivered magazines to subscribers, the revenue is initially deferred as a liability on the balance sheet in an account called deferred revenue. The liability indicates the company's obligation to deliver magazines in the future. Later, when the company delivers the magazines, thereby fulfilling its obligation and earning the revenue, a deferral adjustment is made to reduce deferred revenue on the balance sheet and increase service revenue on the income statement. You should note two key ideas here. Number one, deferral adjustments are used to decrease balance sheet accounts and increase corresponding income statement accounts. Previously, deferred amounts exist on the balance sheet because the company paid cash before incurring the expense or received cash before earning revenue. When revenues are generated as defined by the revenue recognition principle or expenses incurred as defined by the expense recognition principle, the previously Deferred amounts are adjusted and amounts are transferred to the income statement using a deferral adjustment. Number two, each deferral adjustment involves one asset and one expense account or one liability and one revenue account. The left side of Exhibit 4.1 shows a partial list of accounts that commonly require deferral adjustments. So Exhibit 4.1 examples of accounts affected by adjustments. So deferral adjustments in your assets category 
Um, on your balance sheet, you have supplies, prepaid rent, and prepaid insurance. Now, on the income statements, you, the supplies are your supplies expense, the prepaid rent is your rent expense, and the prepaid insurance is your insurance expense. So deferral adjustments in your, uh, on your balance sheet is your assets, and deferral adjustments in your income statement are your expenses. So deferral adjustments um, for your liabilities on the balance sheet are deferred revenue. And on the income statements, it's um, sales revenue or service revenue. So your accrual adjustments on your balance sheet for your assets are interest receivable. And your assets on your balance sheet are rent receivable. Um, income statement uh, would be interest revenue and then rent revenue. And then your liabilities would be income tax payable, wages payable, interest payable. Those are all liabilities reported on the balance sheet. And then you would report them on the income statement as an income tax expense, wages expense, and interest expense. So basically the expenses are you actually paid it and the uh, liabilities are it was deferred revenue and then you actually got the revenue in, on your income statement. All right. So you're at your so your balance sheet is assets and liabilities, your income statement is expenses and revenues. So number two, accrual adjustments. Accrual adjustments are needed when a company has generated revenue or incurred an expense in the current period but has not yet recorded it because the related cash will not be received or paid until a later period. The first timeline shows an accrual adjustment for an expense. Noodlecake will eventually pay taxes on the income it earns this period. So an accrual adjustment is needed at the end of the month to record expenses in its income tax expense and income tax payable accounts. This adjustment matches the income tax expense to the period in which the company generated the income that caused the income taxes and it adjusts income tax payable to show the amount owed. The second timeline shows an accrual adjustment for revenue. If interest revenue is earned on investments this month but not received in cash until a later month and accrual adjustment is needed at the end of the current month to record increases in the company's interest revenue and interest receivable accounts. Alright, so uh, you have a little timeline here. September 1st through September 30th, you incur income taxes. So you need an adjustment on September 30th. Um, and December 31st, the cash was paid for in the income taxes. Okay. You should note two key ideas here. Number one, accrual adjustments are used to record revenue or expenses when they occur prior to receiving or paying cash and to adjust corresponding balance sheet accounts. Each accrual adjustments, oh, uh, number two, each accrual adjustment involves one asset and one revenue account or one liability and one expense account. Notice that this differs from deferral adjustments, which pair assets with expenses and liabilities with revenues. 
on the right side exhibit 4.1 shows a partial list of accounts and, and that require accrual adjustments so 4.1 you have assets and revenues oh, oh okay so, so in deferral adjustments um, your balance sheet you have assets and your income statement you have expenses um, and then uh, uh, you have also have liabilities and revenues and then on the accrual you have assets and revenues and then liabilities and expenses alright next section um, it's loading, it's loading, it's loading, it's loading. Okay. Study the accounting methods, making required adjustments. Learning objective 4.2. Prepare adjustments needed at the end of the period. The process of making adjustments is similar to the processes you learned in chapters 2 and 3 when accounting for daily transactions, as shown in exhibit 4.2. The main difference is adjustments are made at the end of each accounting period immediately prior to preparing an adjusted trial balance and financial statements. Adjustments are not made daily because it's more efficient to do them all at once at the end of each period. After analyzing the necessary adjustments in step one, they are recorded using adjusting journal entries and then summarized into a, in step two and then summarized into the accounts in step 3. An adjusted trial balance is prepared to ensure total debts still equal total credits after posting the adjusting journal entries to the accounts. If the trial balance is in balance, the financial statements can be prepared. So adjusting journal entries are entries necessary at the end of each accounting period to report revenues and expenses in the proper period and assets and liabilities at appropriate amounts, also called adjustments. So exhibit 4.2, the month end adjustments as part of the accounting cycle. You have the accounting cycle. Number one is you analyze, uh, and then you make monthly adjustments. And then number two, you record. Uh, and then you have adjusting entries into number three. You summarize in T accounts, and then it's adjusted. And then you prepare a trial balance, and then you report the financial statements. Adjustment analysis, recording, and summarizing. The first step in analyze involves determining the necessary adjustments to make to the accounting records. To complete this step, you need to know the balance currently reported in each account, then determine which should be reported as the balance, and finally figure out the adjustment that will take you from the current unadjusted balance to the desired adjusted balance. Exhibit 4.3 illustrates this thinking process. Exhibit 4.3, analyzing accounts to determine necessary adjustments. Where are we now? Current unadjusted balances. Uh, adjustment, uh, where do we need to be? Desired uh, is the adjusted balance. Okay. Um, the unadjusted trial balance is a key starting point for the adjustment process because it presents the unadjusted balances for every account, which will help you identify accounts that require adjustment. Exhibit 4.4 shows Noodle Cake's unadjusted trial balance at the end of September. This trial balance is identical to exhibit 310 except we've included balances for all accounts in noodle cakes chart of accounts including those that currently have zero balances along 
Side the unadjusted trial balance, we've identified accounts requiring adjustment at the end of September. Alright, so unadjusted trial balance, you have new kick, um, you have the unadjusted trial balance at September 30th, 2018 from Real Cake Studios Incorporated. Um, so on the left, we have increase for right to collect for services given on account to app developers. So accounts receivable, you incre increase for the, the right to collect the services. Supplies, you decrease for supplies used up. Prepaid rent, you decrease for prepaid rent, uh, prepaid September rent benefits now used up. Um, the equipment and software, I guess, um, you, isn't really used up. So you don't have any adjustments for those. Um, your accumulated de depreciation, which is a credit, um, is an adjustment for equipment benefits used up in September. Oh, so, okay. Accumulated amortization is adjustment for software benefits used up in September. Um, deferred revenue is decreased for gift card obligations fulfilled in September. Um, salaries and wages payable increase for September wages incurred but not yet paid. Um, income tax payable is increased for tax owed on income generated in September. Interest payable increase for interest owed on unpaid notes in September. Notes payable long term no change. Um, sales revenue increase for revenues generated by accepting gift cards for sales. Uh, so I guess that's your um, your deferred revenue you would then um, increase. You would decrease the deferred revenue and increase your sales revenue. Um, Increase for um, service revenue, increase for revenues generated by providing services to app developers. I guess that would be service payable or whatever. Salaries and wages expense, increase for employees' September wages not yet recorded. Um, rent expense, increase for expense incurred for September rent. Uh, depreciation expense increase for expense incurred by using equipment in September. Supplies expense increase for supplies used up in September. Um, in the remainder of this section, we show how to analyze, record, and summarize the required adjustments. Read this section carefully. It contains the topics people typically find the most challenging in this chapter. chapter. Deferral adjustments. Let's begin by looking at deferral adjustments, which are used to update amounts previously deferred on the balance sheet. A. Supplies used during the period. Noodlecake counts its supplies on hand at September 30th. Of the supplies previously purchased for $600, only $250 are now on hand. The supplies were initially recorded as an asset at the end of August. In, in chapter 2, but some of them uh, have now been used up as of September 30th. The expense recognition principle requires an adjustment be made to report the cost of supplies used up this month as an expense to match uh, against revenues. To determine the cost of supplies used up, just do a little calculating. 
If you had $600 of supplies available for use and only $250 are left at the end of the month, then the $350 difference must be the cost of supplies used this month. And in, in accounting terms, you should reduce the asset supplies by 350 and show this amount as an expense, supplies expense. So where are we now? We had supplies of 600, supplies ex expense was zero. So your adjustments is your minus your supplies, which is your asset uh, of $350, and you add $350 to your supplies expense. Where do we need to be? Um, so after doing the math, you get your $250 in your supplies as an asset. That's $250 worth of supplies left. And then the $350 worth of supplies used is your supplies expense. Coach's tip. In step one below, the notation supplies expense plus E minus 350 implies the increase in an expense causes, causes a decrease in stockholders' equity through its negative impact on net income and retained earnings. To review this point, see Exhibit 3.8. The effects of this adjustment on the accounting equation are shown below along with the required adjusting journal entry AJE and the accounts affected by it. Um, number one, analyze assets. Um, supplies is negative 350. Your liabilities is zero. Um, your stockholders equity is you're going to increase your supplies expense, which is going to um, have a, a negative impact on your stockholders equity. So your revenues is zero. Your expenses goes up 350. Your net income is going to go down 350. Number two, record your supplies expense is going to add um, expense, which is going to decrease your stock equity. Um, that is a uh, debit in your uh, your stockholders' equity, and it is a credit um, in your supplies because you're subtracting from your assets. So summarize, um, this is the T-chart is um, bah, 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 bah. Your, your, your debit. Um, so, so for your supplies, which is an asset, your debit, your unadjusted balance was 600. Your adjusted balance was uh, 250. And then you, you're, cr you're crediting your uh, 350, which is what you're subtracting um, for your uh, adjusted journal entry. And your supplies expense, is going to your unadjusted was uh, zero, and then your um, adjusted journal entry was uh, 350, and that's that's a debit because you are uh, in increasing your supplies expense, and your adjusted balance for your supplies expense is going to be 350 dollars. <laughs> the financial statement affects of this adjustment are pictured in Exhibit 4.5. Exhibit 4.5, adjusting for assets used up. Uh, balance sheet excerpt, bef so before the adjustment it was 600, you have a 350 adjustment, so after your adjustment is $250. Uh, 
um, that's your balance sheet now on your income statement uh, before your adjustment your revenues is zero after adjustment is still zero your expenses you have a supplies expense before the adjustment was zero and then after the adjustment was a 350 um, because you added the 350 expense on that song that's um, so that's basically your balance sheet versus your income statement the balance sheet has the assets the income statement has the revenues and expenses so B rent benefits expired during the period so three months of rent were prepaid on September 1st for seven thousand two hundred dollars but one month has now expired leaving only two months prepaid at September 30th to picture the passage of time it's useful to draw a timeline like the one shown in exhibit 4.6 so exhibit 4.6 using a timeline to calculate adjustments what um, Alright, so they, they paid for three months of rent, so they're taking one-third um, one of the 7200 which is uh, three months of worth of rent, is equal to two hundred uh, $2,400 of uh, rent expense used up as of September 30th. Um, so uh, two-thirds of that remains as the prepaid rent. So... Um, Basically, what they did here is they, they made a timeline of September 1st through September 30th, and then through October 31st, and then through... So each month, they have September rent, and they all equal. Okay, so at on September 30th, there is an adjustment needed um, because you're you're changing that, that 7,200 of prepaid rent. You're going to subtract your 2,400 expense, and then your prepaid rent... Um, I'm assuming, and then your prepaid rent is going to end up being a $4,800 asset, remains as prepaid rent, um, and your $2,400 is your rent expense. So the timeline in Exhibit 4.6 shows a September prepayment of $7,200 represented three equal pieces of $2,400. The benefit of the first piece, pictured in red, have now expired. They've been used up. So they should be reported as an expense on the September income statement. Only two of the three months, uh, two-thirds, remain prepaid on September 30th. Thus, 7200 that was prepaid on September 1st has to be adjusted on September 30th to 4800 uh, which is two-thirds of the 7200 which is the cost of the two remaining months of prepaid rent. The preceding analysis has determined an adjustment is needed to uh, prepay prepaid rent by $2,400 from $7,200 to $4,800. Likewise, the adjustment needs to increase rent expense by $2,400. These effects are accounted for as follows. So number one, you analyze your assets. You have your prepaid rent. Uh, you're subtracting your 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 $2,400. You're re reducing your prepaid rent asset. Uh, nothing happens to liabilities, but your rent expense is going to be recorded under your stockholders' equity. Um, you're adding stockholders. Uh, you're you're adding rent expense. Um, which which is uh, subtract, subtracting, it's on the right side. Um, 
so uh, your revenues are staying the same, your expenses are going up, and your net income is going down. Um, so number two, record. Uh, you have your rent expense. You're adding to your expenses, which is going to decrease your stock equity. That is a de oh, that's a that's a debit. I'm sorry, I said that wrong. I said that was a credit. Okay, yeah, that, yeah, that's a debit. No, because it's on, on the on the left side. It's on the left side. I think. Yeah, okay. So your prepaid rent is going, which is an asset, is you're decreasing assets, so that's going to be a credit. So you're increasing rent, which is a, a debit um, of the 2400 and your prepaid rent, which is an asset, is going to go down as a, a credit on your, um, your $2,400. Okay, so summarize in your T accounts. You have your prepaid rent T account, which is an asset. You have your unadjusted balance, which is $7,200 in your, your prepaid rent. That's the three months worth. Your adjusted balance is going to be uh, $4,800 because you have $4,800 left in your prepaid rent. In your credits, in your adjusted journal entry, you have your $2,400 in your credits because you subtracted that from the $7,200 to get your $4,800. And then you also have a, a rent expense T account, which is going to increase your expense, um, no, which is part of your expense. It's increasing your expense. It's decreasing your stockholders' equity, um, and it's a debit. So it's increasing a, your expense. Your rent expense is increasing. It's a debit. Your unadjusted balance is going to be zero. You started with nothing. Your adjusted journal entry is going to be two thousand four hundred. Um, which make, makes your adjusted balance 2400 um, So similar adjustments are made for other payments such as prepaid insurance. If the company pays the cost of services in advance of receiving them, the company initially defers that cost as an asset on the balance sheet. At the end of each accounting period in which the services are used up, a deferral adjustment is made to decrease the asset and increase the related expense on the income statement. Practice doing this one more time in the study self study practice. Okay, so um, right. notice that for in events A, uh, right. Notice that for events in A, B, and the self study practice, the deferral adjustments have two effects. They reduce the carrying value of assets on the balance sheet. Uh, number two, they transfer the amount of the reduction to related expense accounts on the income statement. This happens whether we're adjusting supplies, prepaid rent, or even long-term assets like buildings, equipment, and software. When accounting for the use of long-term assets like buildings, equipment, and software, there is a one slight difference in how the carrying value is reduced and we'll explain next. Um, so carrying value is the amount at which an asset or liability is reported after deducting any contra accounts, also called book value, uh, net book value. So C, depreciation is recorded for use of equipment. 
The computer equipment, which is estimated to last two years, has now been used for one month, uh, representing an estimated expense of $400. The expense recognition principle matching uh, indicates that when equipment is used to generate revenues in the current period, part of its cost should be transferred to an expense account in that period. Oh. This process is referred to as depreciation. Uh, so an income statement account named depreciation expense reports the cost of equipment used in the current period. On the balance sheet, we reduce the amount reported for equipment, but we don't take the depreciation directly out of the equipment account. Rather, a contra account is created to track the depreciation recorded against the equipment. This contra account named accumulated depreciation is like a negative asset account that is subtracted from the equipment account in the assets section of the of the balance sheet as shown in exhibit 47. So depreciation is a process of allocating the cost of buildings, equipment, and other similar long-lived productive assets over the production lives using a systematic and rational method of allocation. A contra account is an account that is an, an offset to or reduction of another account. So coach's tip, recording depreciation for the use of long-lived assets is a lot like recording the use of supplies. The only difference is a contra account is used so that a record of the original cost is maintained for long-lived assets throughout their long lives. Oh, I get it. So your asset, your equipment, um, that's never going to change. That's the original cost of the equipment. Your accumulated depreciation is the running total of depreciation. The equipment um, net of accumulated depreciation is the carrying value or book value of the equipment so that you're, you subtract the accumulated depreciation from the equipment. Um, in this example they have the equipment is worth $9,600. They subtracted $400 so now it's worth $9,200. In the following analysis we use a small x to indicate a contra account. So the notion for a contra account for an asset is XA. Um, an increase in the contra asset account uh, plus XA decreases the total assets on the balance sheet. So um, step one, analyze. You have your assets. You have uh, your accumulated depreciation, which is plus XA, is a negative 400. Nothing to your liabilities. And your stockholders' equity is a depreciation expense. So you're adding to your expense which is going to have a result of um, uh, minus $400. So your expenses goes up and your net income goes down. You're going to record um, your depreciation expenses. It's going to add to your expenses. Um, it's going to decrease your stockholders' equity. That is a debit. Um, and then your accumulated depreciation, you're adding to XA, uh, which is a contra asset account and it's subtracting from your accounts so it's going to be a credit so your XA you're adding to your XA um, and that um, that's a, that's a negative asset account so it's a four hundred dollar credit so summarize um, so you summarize in your your T accounts um, so you have your equipment which is your asset is your unadjusted balance um, is it, this isn't gonna change your ask your equipment account actually never changes. It's always the original equipment cost or value. Um, 
so that that is go always going to be a debit, and it's always going to be the same. I believe it's always going to be the same. So your accumulated depreciation, which is XA, which is a contra um, contra asset. Uh, you have zero for your unadjusted balance and then we have where adjusted journal entry was 400 and so we have a 400 adjusted balance for our accumulated depreciation which is on our credit side um, because we're we're decreasing our assets so we have a depreciation expense um, which uh, which is going to be a debit because we're increasing our expense um, and it's going to be a 400 uh, for our adjusted journal entry and then our adjusted balance is going to be 400 because we started with zero. So there are four aspects of this example you should note. Number one, accumulated depreciation is a balance sheet account and a depreciation expense is an income statement account. As a balance sheet account, accumulated depreciation will increase each year as it accumulates the depreciation of each period. In contrast, the income statement account depreciation expense will include the depreciation of only the current accounting year. By recording depreciation in accumulated depreciation distinct from the equipment account, you can Report both the original cost of equipment and a running total of the amount that has been depreciated. This gives financial statement users a rough idea of how much of the asset's original cost, representing its original usefulness, has been used up as of the balance sheet date. In our example, approximately 124th, um, 400. Um, divided by 9,000. Uh, of the equipment's total usefulness has been used up as of September 30th. So the normal balance in the contract account is always the opposite on the account. It offsets accumulated depreciation is recorded with a credit because the, uh, the account that it offsets equipment is recorded with a debit. The amount of depreciation depends on the method used for determining it. Depreciation methods and their formulas will be discussed in Chapter 9. Alright, so D. Amortization is recorded for the use of software. The app software developed for NoodleCake, estimated to have three years of usefulness, has now been used for one month at an estimated expense of uh, $2,500. Similar to depreciation, amortization is a concept that applies to using up long-term assets that lack physical substance and have a limited period of usefulness. Because NoodleCake's app will eventually decline in popularity, its software has a limited period of usefulness. To show that some of this usefulness is used up this period, the part, part of the cost of the app software needs to be transferred to and expense this period. To show this, NoodleCake will record the following deferral adjustment at the end of every month to report amortization as an expense on the income statement. Amortization expense and accumulate it in a contra asset account on the balance sheet. Accumulated amortization. Coach's tip. Amortization is not reported for long-term assets that have an unlimited period of usefulness. For example, NoodleCake's logo will be useful indefinitely, so it is not amortized.
amortized. So one, you analyze um, your assets is accumulated amortization, which is a contra asset account. Um, you subtract $250 um, and you're going to um, here it, it's going to create an amortization expense um, in your stockholders equity so you record amortization expense uh, increases your expense and decreases stockholders equity which is a debit of 250 and you have your accumulated amortization which is adding to your contra assets account and um, subtracting from your assets in this case would be the asset of software and that is a credit so summarize your T accounts you have in your debit you have your software um, oh wait I'm sorry I misspoke you're not actually decreasing your software um, you're just decreasing it's just a decrease in assets in general because in your software your assets are always recorded at their original worth so your unadjusted balance is 9,000. Your adjusted balance is still 9,000 because that's the original worth. Now you your accumulated amortization, which is your contra account, which you created the contra account so that you didn't have to subtract from the software's original worth, um, is a $250 um, dollar, uh, credit, and you have a $250 dollar adjusted balance and so your expense is going to increase your amortization expense is going to increase $250 just as deferral adjustments are used to record expenses in incurred when assets are used up they are also used to record the revenues generated when or as a company fulfills its obligation to provide goods or services to customers for example, when American Airlines, Dow Jones, and T-Mobile received cash in advance of providing flights, new newspapers, and cell phone service, they initially increased debit, cash, and increased credit, a liability account called deferred revenue. Later, when they meet their obligations, a deferral adjustment is recorded, reducing the liability with a debit and reporting the revenue generated from these services with a credit because um, because revenue is a credit alright let's see how this idea applies to NoodleCake um, so gift cards redeemed uh, NoodleCake accepted $100 of gift cards from customers as payment for uh, game downloads the unadjusted trial balance reports 300 of deferred revenue, which represents NoodleCake's obligation to honor gift cards previously issued to customers. By now accepting $100 of gift cards in exchange for game downloads this month, NoodleCake has fulfilled a portion of its obligation and has generated additional sales. Thus, a deferral adjustment is needed to reduce deferred revenue and increase sales revenue. Coach's tip. The word deferred in the deferred revenue account means a company defers or postpones reporting revenue until it completes the work it was paid to do or or when or as is it completes its work it reduces the liability deferred revenue and reports the revenue it has generated okay so you analyze your assets nothing happens to your assets um, 
your liabilities, you have deferred revenue as a liability. You have sales revenue as a stockholder's equity. Um, since it's on the same side, your deferred revenue, your liability is negative 100 and your sales revenue is plus 100, keeping it all in balance. So your revenues are going to increase and your net income is going to increase. So you record your deferred revenue, you're subtracting from your uh, liabilities. Um, so that is a debit because it, you're subtracting from your liabilities. And then your sales revenue, you're adding revenue and your stockholders equity, that's a credit of $100. So you summarize in your T accounts, you have your deferred revenue T account, which is a liability, deferred revenues of liability. You have a debit of 100 as your adjusted journal entry. And your deferred revenue, which originally was 300 as your unadjusted balance, is a, a credit. And now the debit of 100 has subtracted, um, yeah, has subtracted 100 from that 300. Now you have 200 as an adjusted balance. And in your sales revenue T account, you have an unadjusted balance of 1200 and then you have your adjusted journal entry of 100 and it's a credit um, to your sales revenue so you have your, uh, your 12100 adjusted balance accrual adjustments now let's look at common examples of accrual adjustments which are adjustments to make the accounting records complete by including transactions that occurred but have not yet been recorded. Services given but revenue not yet recorded. Noodle Cake provided $3,250 of consulting services to other app developers in September with payment to be received in October. Companies that provide accounting, consulting, or other services that span more than one month are unlikely to receive cash or bill customers until the services have been provided in full. In NeuroCake's case, some of its services have been provided in September but not yet been recorded because these revenues and the right to collect them accounts receivable arise from work occurring in September. The revenue recognition principle indicates they should be recorded in September. Thus, an accrual adjustment is needed for on September 30th to increase accounts receivable on the balance sheet and increase service receivable on the income statement. So your accounts receivable, um, your adding $3,250 on your accounts receivable, which is an asset, and then you are adding um, $3,250 to your stockholders' equity, um, which, uh, the service revenue. Uh, so your revenue your, is going to go up, and then your net income is going to go up. Um, so you record your accounts receivable, which is you're adding an asset, um, and you record, with, so it's a $3,250 debit. Uh, and then your service revenue, you're adding to revenue, which is increasing stockholders' equity. Um, you're adding a $3,250 credit to your service revenue. So you summarize in your T accounts, your accounts receivable T account is an asset. Um, and you're increasing it by $3,250, which is your adjusted journal entry. 
uh, on your debit side, your unadjusted balance was 500, so that is going to make your adjusted balance 3,750. Your service revenue is going to, which is a um, a revenue um, as part of the stockholders' equity. It's a credit. You're increasing it, so um, you're, th you're adding your, your 3,250 adjustment. Um, you started with zero, so you have 3,250 as your adjusted balance. Other situations require accrual adjustments for revenue that has been generated but not yet recorded. For example, interest on investments is earned daily but typically is received in cash on a yearly basis. So each month an accrual adjustment is made to increase interest receivable and interest revenue for amounts earned but not yet recorded. Wage expense incurred but not yet recorded. Noodle cake owes uh, $1,950 of wages to employees for work done in the last six days of September. Back in Chapter 3, Noodle Cake paid employees $7,800 for work done through September 24th, $325 per day. As of September 30th, six additional days of work have been completed at a cost of $1,950, which is equal to $325 times six. Although this amount will not be paid until October, the expense relates to work done and revenues generated in September. So the expense recognition principle matching requires an adjustment being made to accrue the $1,950 wages incurred and owed by Noodle Cake as follows. All right, so one, analyze. Nothing's happening to your assets. You're, um, you're increasing your salaries and wages payable because um, it's not going to be paid yet. Uh, it's $1,950, which, uh, and then your stockholders' equity, you're going to um, increase your, your, ex your salaries and wages expense by $1,950. So your expenses are going up and your net income is going to go down. All right. Um, so number two, record. You have your salaries and wages expense, which is um, at increasing your expense, which is going to decrease your stockholders' equity. It is recorded in a debit because you are decreasing um, your stockholders' equity and um, of, of the 1950 And then the salaries and wages payable, which is a liability because you are, you are making a promise to pay them in the future. Um, that is a credit um, because you are increasing your liability. So, um, all right. So your T accounts are you're gonna have your T account for salaries and wages payable, which is a liability. Um, you're increasing your salaries and wages payable, so it's going to be on your credit side. And so, I mean, you're adding the 1,950 to that. Um, the salaries and wages expense is your unadjusted balance was um, 7,800. So you're going to add the 1,950 for an adjusted balance of 9,750. Um, that is going to be a debit because you are um, expenses decrease stockholders' equity. That is why it's a debit. When these $1,950 of wages are paid in cash the following month, Noodle Cake will decrease salaries and wages payable with a debit and decrease cash with a credit. 
Accrual adjustments also may be required for other expenses like property, taxes, and interest if incurred and owed but not yet recorded during the current period. The adjusting journal entry required for these items would be similar um, it would be similar to the one shown in G with an expense recorded with a debit and a liability increase with a credit. For in purposes of our noodle cake example, we'll assume the only remaining expenses to record are accruals for interest in H and income taxes in I, both of which are incurred this month but won't be paid until a later period. Oh, and the H and I are referring to the example letters they've assigned to the examples. So H is the um, interest uh, expense incurred but not yet recorded. Noodlecake has not paid or recorded uh, $100 interest that it owes for this month on its note payable. Noodlecake incurs interest each month on its unpaid note payable to the bank. An adjustment is needed to record the interest expense related relating to September and because this interest has not yet been paid the adjustment also must record a liability called interest payable so under your analyze you have um, interest payable is a liability um, payable liability or interest payable um, I guess you're gonna pay that at a later date your interest expense is also going to uh, increase um, but remember, they're on the same side, so you're increasing your liability, which is a d credit, and you're, d you're, you're increasing your expense, which is a debit. So it still balances. All right, so then you would record it, and your interest expense is adding um, expense, which is decreasing your stockholders' equity, which is why it's a debit of 100 and your interest payable is increasing your liabilities, which is why it's a credit of 100. So summarize, you have in your T accounts, you have an interest payable T account, which is a liability. So you're increasing it on your credit side of 100, and then you are um, increasing your expense on the debit side um, of 100. Income taxes incurred but not yet recorded. Noodlecake pays income tax at an average rate equal of 20% of the company's income before taxes. Just like you, a corporation is responsible for income tax on the income it generates. Income tax is calculated by multiplying, number one, the company's adjusted income before income tax expense, but by number two, the company's tax rate. To calculate adjusted income before income tax, the following table starts with the unadjusted revenue and expense numbers from the unadjusted trial balance, exhibit 4.4, and then includes the effects of adjustments to revenues and expenses. Multiply the adjusted income before income tax, $1,000, by the tax rate of 20%. To get the amount of income tax for September, which is $200. So, um, okay, so, so you, you have your unadjusted totals, which includes your supplies, uh, your revenues and expenses, which is calculated. Uh, you calculate your revenues and your expenses, and then... Your unadjusted, oh, those are your, your unadjusted, yeah, 
and then you adjust your revenues and expenses um, and then you subtract your adjusted income before your tax income expense oh, okay so so you calculate your adjusted net income which is your um, revenues minus your expenses um, after you've made all of your adjustments uh, which we just talked about and then you multiply it by you multiply that uh, answer by your tax rate and then you get your income tax so always calculate income tax expense after taking into account all other adjustments the unadjusted trial balance indicates no income tax has been recorded both income tax payable and income tax expense are zero because income was reported in September the expense recognition print principle requires that we record the $200 tax expense in September the tax hasn't been paid yet so a liability also is recorded so and you're analyzed you're increasing your liabilities income tax payable and then your stockholders equity is going to decrease because um, you're adding an expense which is your income uh, which is, is your income tax expense so your expenses increase your net income is going to decrease so your income tax expense is going to be a debit of two hundred dollars because the um, uh, income tax because uh, an expense is a debit because you're decreasing your stockholders equity your income tax payable is increasing liability so that's going to be a credit of two hundred dollars so your accounts your, your T accounts are going to be an income tax payable, which is a liability. So your $200 is going to be on the credit side, and your income tax expense is um, expenses uh, decrease stockholders' equity, so they're going to be a debit uh, of $200. So, uh, so how's it going? Self-study practice. Prior to accruing marketing expenses of five million dollars Pixar's adjusted income before income taxes was two hundred forty five million dollars assuming the company's average tax rate was forty percent analyze number one analyze the effect of the required income tax uh, adjustment on the accounting equation and number two prepare and adjusting journal entry assuming no amounts have been recorded yet for income taxes all right so um, this, the adjusted income before your tax, you multiply it by your tax rate. Um, in this example, it's 96 million. And um, your assets uh, equal your. Uh, right, so your income. Didn't. Alright, so your income tax payable is um, going to be plus 96. Income tax expense is going to be plus 96. Um, and your. Your income tax expense. All right, yeah. Well, that's kind of confusing. All right. Anyway, additional comments. There are two final points to notice before finishing this section. First, none of the adjusting journal entries affected the cash account. Cash is never a part of accrual or deferral adjusting journal entry. All right. Cash is never part of an accrual or deferral adjusting journal entry. Second, these adjusting entries affect one balance sheet and one income statement account. All right. Um, exhibit four eight summarizes the work done we've done to this point, starting with the unadjusted trial balance prepared at the end of chapter three. See the left side of exhibit four point eight. Um, 
we determined the adjusting journal entries to be recorded at the end of this month. See, see the right side of Exhibit 4.8. Alright, so we have a journal entry. Do, 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 do. So, summary of unadjusted balances and adjusting journal entries. So, um, make a note that the the general journal it doesn't sh it doesn't say that it's an adjusting journal entry. It just says um, just says general journal. Um, but uh, like it said, it has an expense and then an asset. Um, so it said. Um, Uh, these adjusting entries affect one balance sheet and one income statement. So the expenses, income statement, and the asset is um, balance. Uh, okay. Uh, all right. Um, Next, we post journal entries A to I on the T account to summarize in Exhibit 4.9. Then we need to check that the accounting records are still in balance by adjusting the adjusted T account balances to prepare an adjusted trial balance as shown in the following section. Assuming the trial balance shows debits equal credits, we will finally be able to prepare the financial statements. So you just you have all of your T accounts. Um, all right, uh, preparing an, an adjusted trial balance and the financial statements. Oh my God, um, adjusted trial balance. Uh, learning objective four three: prepare an adjusted trial balance. An adjusted trial balance is prepared to check that the accounting records are still in balance after having posted all adjusting entries to the T accounts. To prepare an adjusted trial balance, just copy the adjusted T account balances, Exhibit 4.9, into the debit or credit columns of the adjusted trial balance. Left side. Um, bum, 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 bum. Um, wait, what? So they copied... Um, All right. Well, your expenses. So they just copied all the ex the expenses on their adjusted trial balance into the income statement, and they copied the revenues over to. Okay. Yeah, this is statement of retained earnings. All right. This. I mean, this is this is this is pretty pretty easy stuff. Okay. The trial balance lists accounts in the order they will appear on the balance sheet, statement of retained earnings, and income statement. As you can see in Exhibit 4.10, the trial balance proves Noodle Cake's accounting records are in balance. Total debits equal 59,150 equals total credits. So the financial statements can be prepared. The balance for each account in the trial balance is reported only once on either the 
on either the income statement, statement of return earnings, or balance sheet. Typically, the income statement is prepared first because its final number, net income, flows into the statement of retained earnings, from which the ending balance flows into the balance sheet. As you will see in later chapters of this book, the statement of cash flows and notes to the financial statements are prepared last because they include information obtained from the income statement, statement of return earnings and balance sheet plus other sources, income statement and statement of retained earnings, learning objective for, for prepare financial statements. Um, prepare the income statement by creating the usual heading who, what, when, and listing the names and amounts for each revenue and expense account from the adjusted trial balance as shown in the right side of 410. Um, notice that each major category of items on the income statement is subtotaled prior to computing net income for the period. Account balances from the adjusted trial balance are also used in the statement of retained earnings as shown in exhibit 4.10. Notice the amount coming from the adjusted balance is the beginning year balance for retained earnings. This account balance doesn't yet include revenues, expenses, and dividends for the current period because they've been recorded in their own separate accounts. Eventually, we will transfer, close those accounts into retained earnings, but that's done only at the end of the year. For now, the retained earnings account on the adjusted trial balance provides the opening amount on the statement of retained earnings. The amount for net income on the next line of the statement of retained earnings comes from the income statement and the dividends number comes from the adjusted child balance. Coach's tip, the account dividends is reported only on the statement of retained earnings. So dividends is only on the statement of retained earnings. Right. Balance sheet, like the other statements, the balance sheet is prepared from the adjusted trial balance as shown in Exhibit 4.11. When preparing the balance sheet, watch out for three things. First, remember to classify assets as current if they will be turned into cash or used up within 12 months. Liabilities should be classified as current if they will be fulfilled, paid within 12 months. Second, note that accumulated depreciation and accumulated amortization are reported in the assets section and are subtracted from the accounts to which they are contra accounts. Third, get the retained earnings balance from the statement of retained earnings, not from the adjusted trial balance. Um, the adjusted trial balance still reports the period's opening retained earnings balance. Uh, statement of cash flows and notes. We don't want you to forget the statement of cash flows and notes to the financial statements also must be prepared as part of the financial statements, but you look a little tired, so we'll leave the SCF for Chapter 12, and we'll slide information about financial statement notes into each of the remaining chapters. Closing temporary accounts. Learning objective for uh, five. Explain the closing process. The last step of the accounting cycle is referred to as the closing process. This step uh, is performed only at the end of the year after the financial statements have been prepared. 
the closing process cleans up the accounting records to get them ready to begin tracking the results in the following year. It's kind of like hitting the trip odometer on your car or the reset button on your Xbox. Hmm. In Chapter 3, uh, Closing Income Statement and Dividend Accounts, uh, in Chapter 3 you learn to think of revenue and expense accounts as subcategories of retained earnings used to track earnings related transactions of the current year. The dividends account is similarly used to track dividends declared uh, during the current year. At the end of each year, after all the year's transactions and adjustments are recorded, all the revenue expense and dividend accounts are closed by moving their balances to their permanent home in uh, retained earnings. The retained earnings account, like all other balance sheet accounts, is considered a permanent account because its ending balance from one year becomes the beginning balance for the following year. In contrast, revenues, expenses, and dividends are considered temporary accounts because they track only the current year's results and then are closed before the next year's activities are recorded. Closing journal entries follow the usual debits equal credits format used for the transaction journal entries in chapters 2 and 3 and adjusting journal entries shown earlier in this chapter. Because they're the last thing done during the year, they're posted immediately to the accounts. Some uh, fuck. Some computerized systems record and, and post closing journal entries automatically. Two closing journal entries are needed. Number one, debit each revenue account for the amount of its credit account. Uh, credit balance. Uh, credit each expense account for the amount of its debit balance and record the difference in retained earnings. If you've done it correctly, the amount credited to retained earnings should equal net income on the income statement. If the company has a net loss, retained earnings will be debited. Uh, number two, uh, credit the dividends account for the amount of its debit balance and debit retained earnings for the same amount. Uh, exhibit 412 shows the closing process for Noodle Cake, assuming for sake of illustration that it closes its books on the last day of September. Uh, the closing process achieves two outcomes. Number one, net income or loss and dividends are transferred to retained earnings. After the closing journal entries are prepared and posted, the balance in the retained earnings account will agree with the ending retained earnings balance on the statement of retained earnings and the balance sheet. You can see this by comparing the T account in Exhibit 412 to the statement of retained earnings in Exhibit 4.10. Number two, zero balances are established in all income statement and dividend accounts. After the closing journal entries are prepared and posted, the balances in the temporary accounts are reset to zero to start accumulating next year's results. Uh, exhibit 412, uh, analyzing, preparing, and summarizing the closing journal entries. 
um, analyze the analysis step for closing the temporary accounts only requires that you identify from the adjusted trial balance the temporary accounts with debit balances to be credited below and the temporary accounts with credit balances to be debited below. So you record your your uh, cl closing journal entry, close revenue and expense accounts. Um, you have uh, sales revenue of um, 12100 your service revenue of 3250 and then um, all of your expenses. Uh, close the dividends account. Like most technical companies, Noodle Cake decided not to declare, declare or pay dividends. If it had the following closing journal entry would be required uh, for the existing balance in the dividends account, uh, retained earnings and dividends. Uh, summarize. Um, okay, basically All right, I understand what they're saying. Um, I think this might have been unnecessarily complicated. Um, so basically, you're just going to physically subtract whatever it is to make your balance zero or add. Um, so if you have, like, for example, in your your sales revenue, it, you're gonna um, you're gonna have a, a a credit to close the balance. Okay. Um, Alright, so post-closing trial balance. After the closing journal entries are posted, all temporary accounts should have zero balances. These accounts will be ready for summarizing transactions recorded next year. The ending balance in retained earnings is now up to date. It matches the year and amount on the statement of retained earnings and the balance sheet and is carried forward as the beginning retained earnings balance for the next year. To ensure no errors occurred during the closing process, you could prepare a post-closing trial balance. Um, as shown in Exhibit 413, in this context, post means after. So a post-closing trial balance is an after-closing trial balance prepared as a final check that totals debits still equal total credits and that all temporary accounts have been closed. Exhibit 413, Noodle Cake's post-closing trial balance. Bum, 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 ba, dum, bum. Um, uh, what? Okay, so your assets, you don't close your assets. All of your assets and liabilities are still there. And then all of your, your revenues and expenses are, um, are zero um, and then I guess they're just showing that your debits and your credits are gonna balance um, I don't really understand what the point of this is because everything is zero except for the asset and liabilities shit so who knows alright total debits on the post closing trial balance don't equal the total assets on the balance sheet because accumulated depreciation and accumulated amortization credit balances on the trial balance are subtracted from assets on the balance sheet. Oh, so I guess when you close it, you subtract it from... All right, anyway. Now that we've completed the accounting cycle, it seems appropriate to summarize it one more time. Exhibit 
uh, 4.2 showed one way to think about the accounting cycle exhibit 4.14 presents a slightly different format. The steps in the coral blue and gold boxes are done daily, monthly, and yearly. So, um, analyze transactions done daily, prepare journal entries and posts to accounts done daily, prepare unadjusted trial balance monthly, prepare adjusting journal entries and posts to accounts monthly, prepare adjusted trial balance monthly, prepare financial statements monthly, prepare closing journal entries and posts to accounts yearly, prepare post-closing trial balance yearly. Alright, next section, I really, really hope I can uh, finish this in 10 minutes. Oh, maybe I can. All right. Adjusted financial results. Um, evaluate the results. Adjusted financial results. Explain how adjustments affect financial results. Throughout this chapter, you have learned various adjustments that must be made to the accounting records when finalizing and preparing the financial statements. These adjustments help to ensure all revenue and expenses are reported in the period in which they are generated and incurred. As a result of these adjustments, the financial statements present the best picture of whether the company's business activities were profitable that period and what economic resources the company owns and owes at the end of that period. Without these adjustments, the financial statements present an incomplete and misleading picture of the company's financial performance. Noodlecake provides a good example of the extent to which unadjusted balances may change during the adjustment process. Chapter 3 ended with Jordan believing Noodlecake had earned a sizable profit, net income of $3,100 from a revenue of $12,000, resulting in a net profit margin of 25.8%. After making the required adjustments in this chapter, the company's adjusted results indicated a much different picture. Net income of $800 from revenue of $15,350, yielding a net profit margin of 5.2. Consequently, Jordan learned that he had much to improve upon in the upcoming months. He set a goal of attempting to increase the company's revenue by expanding his customer base, while at the same time trying to control expenses. He was well aware that even large companies go out of business if they fail to maintain revenues and control their expenses. Spotlight on financial reporting, financial crisis, anatomy of a business failure. Until its bankruptcy in late 2008 and liquidation in early 2009, Circuit City was one of the largest electronic stores in the United States. However, Circuit City's inability to maintain sales and control expenses ultimately led to its demise. Notice how quickly the company's stock price fell as it reported deteriorating financial results. Um, so, the, I mean, the stock... The net income was well, ten cents. Oh, billion is a point one of a billion, um, and then it was zero in billion, and then it was a loss of point three in billion, and it just drops. Um, it's a loss of point one, um, but it was still dropping. Uh, okay. Next section, all right, hopefully this is the, um, the last thing. I hope this is going to be review the chapter, demonstration case. We took our final look at accounting for a goodbye grass corporation by illustrating the end of the year accounting cycle, the adjustment process, financial statement preparation, and then the closing statement, cl closing process. No adjustments have been made to the accounts yet. Your starting point will be the following unadjusted trial balance dated April 30th.
By reviewing the unadjusted trial balance, you identify three deferral accounts, prepaid insurance, equipment, and uh, deferred revenue that may need to be adjusted in addition to accruals that may be necessary relating to wages, income taxes, and interest on the notes receivable and notes payable. The following information is determined at the end of the accounting cycle. Deferral adjustments. A, the $1,600 in deferral Deferred revenue represents four months of service, April through July. Service for one month, April, has now been provided. B, insurance purchase at the beginning of April for $300 uh, provides coverage for six months, April through September. The insurance coverage for April has not been used. Tip, account for the ex expiry of prepaid insurance, just like the expiry of prepaid rent. Uh, C, these are all deferral adjustments, reminder. Um, Mower, edgers, rakes, and hand tools, which are equipment, have been used in April to generate reviews. The customer estimates $300 in depreciation each year. Accrual uh, adjustments. Um, D. Uh, salaries and wages have been paid through April 28th. Employees worked the last two days of April and will be paid in May. Salaries and wages amount to $200 per day. Um, another accrual adjustment, interest incurred and payable on the notes payable is $45 for the month of April. Uh, interest earned and received on the notes receivable is $10 for the month of April. The estimated income tax rate for Goodbye Grass Corporation is 35%. So you would do your income tax. Uh, that's your accrual adjustments. Now required... Uh, okay. Those are sample problems. I think um, I think that's that's done. Um, I mean, uh, chapter summary. Uh, explain why adjustments are needed. Adjustments are needed to ensure bullet point revenues are recorded when generated by providing goods or services to customers. The revenue recognition principle. Bullet point. Expenses are recorded when incurred to generate revenues. The expense recognition principle. Bullet point. Assets are reported at amounts representing the economic benefits that remain at the end of the current period. And bullet point. Liabilities are reported at amounts owed at the end of the current period that will require a future sacrifice of resources. Um, so prepare adjustments needed at the end of the period. Bullet point, the process for preparing adjustments includes number one, analyzing the unadjusted balances in the balance sheet and income statement accounts and calculating the amount of the adjustment needed using a timeline where appropriate. Number two, preparing and adjusting journal entry to make the adjustment. Number three, summarizing the adjusting journal entry in the applicable ledger. Uh, which is the, your T account. So bullet point, each adjusting journal entry affects one balance sheet and one income statement account. Learning objective 4.3, prepare an adjusted trial balance. An adjusted trial balance is a list of all accounts with their adjusted debit or credit balances indicated in the appropriate column to provide a check on the equality of total debits and credits. Learning objective 4.4, prepare financial statements. Adjusted account balances are used in preparing the Following financial statements, bullet point, income statement, uh, revenues minus expenses equals net income. Bullet point, statement of retained earnings is the beginning of retained earnings. Add your net income and subtract your dividends is the ending of 
retained earnings. Bullet point. Balance sheet assets equals liabilities plus stockholders' equity. Uh, bullet point. The statement of cash flows and notes to the financial statements are important components of adjusted financial statements, but they will be studied later in later chapters. Learning objective four five. Explain the closing process. Close bullet point. Closing journal entries are required to A. Transfer net income or loss and dividends into retained earnings and B. Prepare all temporary accounts, revenues, expenses, uh, dividends for the following year by establishing zero balances in these accounts. Uh, bullet point. Two closing journal entries are needed. Number one, debit each revenue account for the amount of its balance. Uh, credit each expense account for the amount of uh, its balance and record the difference equal to net income in retained earnings. Um, number two, credit the dividends account for the amount of its balance and debit retained earnings for the same amount. Learning objective for six, explain how adjustments affect financial results. Adjustments help ensure all revenues and expenses are reported in the period in which they are earned and incurred as a result of a company's activities. Without these adjustments, the financial statements present an incomplete and potentially misleading picture of a company's financial performance. Uh, homework helper, alternative terms, uh, bullet point, accrued uh, liabilities is a generic account name that can include liabilities including using accrual adjustments for salaries, interest, income taxes, and many other items. Helpful reminders, bullet point, when determining each adjustment, draw timelines to picture where they we are now, where we need to be, and the adjustments to get us there. Bullet point, cash is never a part of accrual or deferral adjustment. Bullet point, the income statement is the temporary home for revenue and expense accounts, and their permanent home is retained earnings in the stockholders' equity section of the balance sheet. Frequent mistakes, bullet point, accumulated depreciation and depreciation expense are not the same accounts. Accumulated depreciation is a permanent balance sheet account that accumulates each period of depreciation. Uh, depreciation expense is a temporary income statement account that reports a depreciation of only the current year. Bullet point, dividends are not expenses but rather are distributions to stockholders of the company's prior profits that have accumulated in retained earnings. Bullet point, the amount in retained earnings on an adjusted trial balance is not reported on the balance sheet. It is the beginning balance on the statement of retained earnings. The ending balance from the statement of retained earnings is reported on the balance sheet. Also, the retained earnings account is a permanent account, so it is never closed. All right, well, that is the end of accounting um, uh, chapter chapter four. I think it was chapter four. Uh, this is the end of accounting chapter four, adjustments, financial statements, and financial results. All right. Goodbye.